previously on Wove Inspiration. I really love the up, upper grade children. That's, that's really my passion. I like the babies too, but it's just something about the upper grade children. When that light goes, light bulb goes off, Yeah, they have learned a skill or they come back with you with something that you have taught them. You're like, wow, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm the kind of person where I see a child and somebody else may see something bad about the child, mm-hmm. but I see maybe, you know, they're gonna be a future leader. Yeah. I always see greatness in a child. This is Wove Inspiration. Here to inspire, encourage, and uplift. Hey, good morning, good morning. This is Althea with Wove Inspirations Monday Morning Motivation, and I am so excited to have this special guest on my show today. I was actually given the opportunity to uh, interview her on a TV streaming show with Dr. D from The Boom Factor, and it is a pleasure and honor to have Elder Patricia R. Wright out of Houston, Texas. How are you doing, Elder? I am doing great evening, and thank you so much, Lady Althea Richardson, for the invitation. I'm very excited about this platform and to be on your Wove Inspiration. Thank you again for the invitation. You are very welcome. So tell me what it was like growing up in Kansas City, Kansas. Oh, my goodness. Well, we came from very meager beginnings. Uh, my parents were both hardworking people. Large family, um, actually, with the combination of my parents, I'm one of 10 children. Uh, most of them were boys. I was the first girl born into the family. I have one sister, and today happens to be her birthday. How about that? Oh. And so um, I grew up in uh, very meager beginnings, uh, uh, went to the school system. Um, we went through, um, we were very uh, needy people at the time. But because my father had a good job, we were not able to get any assistance. So we came through some times, but the father was always faithful to us. Uh, They were meager, again, meager beginnings, but uh, we made it through. Uh, All of us (laughs) made it through. Uh, We all graduated. We all uh, have done okay in life. And so I'm grateful for that. My parents were uh, instilled a lot of good things into us. Uh, Remember the relationship I had with my parents. paternal grandmother. She was very instrumental in my life as we lived with her for a short time. So yeah, it was, it was good growing up. Uh, We had our challenges, but the father brought us through. Right, right. And so at the age of 16, you gave your life to Christ. What brought that on? How did it even come about? Well, um, actually the pastor of our church lived just a few doors down from us and he was constantly inviting us, uh, to go to church, uh, believe it or not, um, my father's father was a Presbyterian minister, but my father was not saved at the time. Neither of my parents at the time when I got saved were saved. Hmm. And my brothers had um, gone through, you know, we'd come up in the church, um, and my brothers had gotten saved at one time, and I saw how they were acting, and I wanted something different. But back then, there was a lot of fire insurance, as we call call it now, but they really scared me, and I did not want to be relegated to 
a life of eternity in a place called Hades. And so I, I, um, I accepted the Lord and I already had uh, some, t- some, a little bit of a beginning with the Lord. Our school system actually, believe it or not, uh, every Wednesday we had what we call church school. So we attended the local churches during the day. Uh, the room mothers would walk us to the local churches and we had church school. So there was already uh, some stirring in my heart about Jesus and about salvation and the songs that we sang and they made it fun and engaging and began to talk to us about accepting the Lord. So it wasn't hard to uh, make that change. And then I had a very good friend of mine, and we're still good friends, that was saved at about 10. Mm -hmm. And so um, that was, she was also instrumental with me making that decision. And so ever since that day, I've been on this path. And all I can tell you is the trajectory has gone straight up since I made that decision. So I I was saved at an early age, and I'm so grateful for that. Um, There was one time I was a little ashamed of it, but the Father began to remind me, I kept you from many things. Mm -hmm. So I came up in a very strict religion, but at the same time, it was good for me. Okay. And what's interesting is what you said about church school they actually had church school yes. while you were in public school was that public school? yes wow yes, we walked every wednesday we walked to two of the local churches this was from like uh, i think it was first grade on up uh, this was elementary school so we went up to sixth grade so every wednesday the room mothers would walk us um by groups to a, ch- a local church and they taught us about the lord and we would come back to school. Now, Kansas is cold, so remember in winter, unless mm-hmm. it's really, really bad weather, of course, we, would, we wouldn't go, but we would walk. And it was about, if I'm, if I'm correct, maybe about a quarter, uh, maybe a half a mile at the most. I don't even think it was a half a mile. But the local churches and the schools had this agreement. Yes. Yes. That is amazing. <laughs> Can you imagine if we actually had that today? Oh, my I, I can't. <laughs> I think things would be a whole lot different. Well, you know, I'm I'm in my middle 60s. So things were different. This this is the early 60s when this mm-hmm. was happening. And so or middle 60s, I should say. So things were not different. The world was different back then. Right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Ah, but I wish they had it today. <laughs> Amen. But you know what? We can pray. We can keep praying. You know, the power of prayer, we can turn a lot of things around. Amen. Amen. And by the way, today, um, well, well, I'll just say today. Today is actually National Prayer uh, Day. Yes, National Day of Prayer. It is awesome to know that um, we still uh, have that as a part of our nation, getting together in prayer. And it's so needed. In this day and time, um, absolutely. Yeah, so I'm I'm very thankful that we still are able to even participate in that. Such so much freedom that we have. It's it's should be. It's it's like it's being taken advantage of. In that, we Amen. Can, um, pray, and in some other countries, they would be killed if they were in prayer and even in their own home. Amen. It's, and you know that is true. Um, lady out there that we do still have that privilege and I think we need to take advantage of it while we can because the world is changing 
And so while we can, let's continue on that. To, you know, the scripture reminds us in Chronicles, it's my people. So it's yeah. up to us, his people, uh, who are called by his name, shall humble themselves, pray, turn from our wicked ways. Then he can heal the land when we do our part. So I think it's very important, uh, just as women of prayer, uh, that we continue in that vein going forward. Absolutely. So let's fast forward just a little bit. Um, In 1982, you moved to Texas. How did that come about? Well, I was actually married in 1980. In 1982, my former husband's job transferred him to Texas, and so did my job. So okay. uh, we moved to, to the Clear Lake area and began uh, our uh, our career, continued our careers here. He's in the oil industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a career in the um, uh, telecommunications industry at the time. And so we had one child, uh, we married in 80, had a, a child in 81. In 82, we moved to Texas with no family, no nothing. <laughs> it was definitely a call out from the father. And it was a very scary time in my life. And so I had to trust him totally uh, coming to a new territory, not knowing anyone yeah. uh, so it was, it was very, very uh, uh, challenging, but the father uh, saw me through. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that was 1982. And now here I, here it is 37 years later. I'm still here. Wow. That's <laughs> awesome. That is yeah. really awesome. And so um, during your time here in, uh, in Texas, um, in August, 2012, you had a dream uh, regarding the book of Acts, chapter 6. Can you tell me I about did. that? I did. I did. Now, um, during the month, uh, my time here, this, uh, the current pastors that I serve under at Breath of Life International Ministries, um, they challenged us to <clears throat> bring our first fruit offering. Mm-hmm. And um, said, so, okay, Father, I can do that. I can bring an offering. But they said, it's not just money. Get before the Father and see what he wants you to bring. And so I had my own idea about what that looked like. Well, long story short, uh, I finally gave up on my idea. I went to bed and I had a dream regarding Acts, the sixth chapter. And uh, it was very, very clear. I saw the word Acts 6 in the dream. And and I'm thinking, okay, Father, I know some scripture, but I wasn't sure exactly um, what that chapter read. And so when I woke up from the dream, I began to ask the Father. He told me to read it, of course, and I, I began to read uh, <clears throat> read the chapter. And, and in the first two verses there, it talks about the neglecting of the widows. They were being overlooked in the daily serving. And I began to ask the Father, what does that have to do with me? Mm-hmm. And immediately he said, I need you to see after this forgotten body, forgotten part of the body of the Messiah. Hmm. I thought, hmm, me, and I quickly reminded the father, I'm not a widow. And I began to think about it. And I said, well, father, what does that look like? Because honestly, Lady Althea, I don't know and didn't know at the time any." widows ministries and I'm like well what does that look like what would you even call a ministry like that what what is this father and immediately he just began to give me answers just immediately 
and he became he gave me the word rosebud. Okay. I said, "Well, Father, why a rose?" And he began to explain to me as I began to sit there that day and do some research. Of course, a rose is the most widely known uh, flower in the in in the world, not just in America, in the world. Mm-hmm. A very fragrant flower, also. And um, he said, "Because rosebud, because these women in this ministry, of course, will bloom; it will grow." But he's also reminded me that how precious roses are. Sometimes we don't un- have a un- full understanding. And it's taken me some time because now I'm in my seventh year of ministry to really understand the value. Roses is one flower. You can crush it. You can boil it. Whatever you do to it, it really, the crushing of that it, uh, exudes the fragrance. It brings forth the fragrance in a greater way. Hmm. So with Rosebud Ministries, what he was showing me is that these widows, yes, they've been crushed. They've they've come through some crushing, some boiling perhaps, or whatever that looks like for them. Mm -hmm. But even in that, with that, hallelujah, the fragrance will come forth in a greater way. Yes. And so I just stepped out in faith. I, I presented it to the congregation that day, not knowing that it was going to do what it has done. And I kind of sat back for the rest of that year, 2012. I just said, okay, here it is. I just flung it out there. But I, I was afraid because I didn't know what it looked like. I didn't know. Right. I didn't have the how to. And so my pastors got with me and they said, okay, Elder Wright, what are you going to do? We got to do something with this ministry. It came from the Father. Let's do something. So I launched on a cold December um morning the following year 2013 even though the the ministry was already in existence i did a launch Mm -hmm. and it was cold it was rainy and the women came from the community i began to invite women that i knew that were widows and so uh the ministry has bloomed it has blossomed and um it's definitely from the lord because i would not have possibly put myself in this position. But one thing I love about the Lord, he's very concerned about every part of his body. Mm-hmm. And Lady Alfie, if we look into the scripture, there are over 70 scriptures just about widows, widowhood mm-hmm. in the word of the Lord. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so when we look at that, this is on the father's heart. He didn't want them to be left, uh, are forgotten. If we went to, for instance, Psalm 68, which is one of my favorites about widowhood, it says um, 68 and 5. Mm-hmm. He said he will be a father to the fatherless and a judge of the widows, uh, uh, or in other words, a defender, a right ruler, someone who will look out. So we have not, or widows have not been relegated to just some life of just sitting back in a rocking chair mm-hmm. and being forgotten about. We have the Lord, Jehovah Sabaoth, the, the host of heaven's armies on their side. And so what happens many times, because let me back up a little bit. When the Father gave me this, this mantle, this mandate, I began to tell him that I wasn't qualified. Mm-hmm. I'm not <laughs> a widow. Okay. And, you know, the Father always has an answer for us, right? Of course. And so he... <laughs> He came back with me. He said, well, let me just show you some qualifications. And so I came, I came from a large family, right? Mm-hmm. And um, 
all of my uncles passed away before all of my aunts. So I began to see mm. in some of them, I began to see the disconnection. Mm. I saw the depression. I saw the drinking. Uh, I saw the blaming. And so he said, you see that behavior, that's, that's what this, this state will do if, if they are not connected mm-hmm. back to what the father original intent for their widowhood is. Wow. So many times we, uh, we check out, we, we, um, we tap out. Mm-hmm. We don't want to be bothered with people. It's, you know, the loss, loss is, is real. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately the church has not always addressed our loss. Mm-hmm. And so when we look into the word of God, the word of Elohim, he addressed it, right? Yes. Um, the father told it to me like this. He said, there is no gray areas in the, in the word. It's so, all black and white. The problem is we don't want to study yeah. and really get the depth or the mystery or the revelation of what he has said. And so I've been studying uh, over the last few years about this widow, the widowhood. In Isaiah 54, he tells us, and that's a great chapter for women, period. Mm-hmm. But the verse there says, you will not remember the shame of your widowhood anymore. Yes. And so there is some shaming when we take losses and, and depending on how you are left, the state that you're left in, uh, when you, when you face, uh, the widowhood, it can be, it can leave you in a place of shame, uh, disconnect, embarrassment, what have mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. It can mm-hmm. also can leave you in a place of financial loss. Let's just look at some statistics in the United States of America. The average age is 55 years old for a widow. of those widows whose husbands uh, were responsible for financial planning. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, many of them were not and are not familiar with um, finances. So that leaves them in a place of vulnerability, right? Yes, yes, yes. Wow. And so um, 45% of widows with 50 uh, to $99,000 in the savings or investments did not have an emergency fund. So many of, the, many of us women, this is just women overall, but widows don't, didn't have an emergency fund. Um, they had even 20% of them even had trouble locating their banking information or mm-hmm. how, what kind of assets they had. So you see the wit, the widowing hallelujah can leave women if they're not prepared and who's really always um, prepared, we, we, we come here knowing that we're going to leave. Right. But we don't always do the proper planning. Right. Mm-hmm. My, one of my friends had prior, prior planning um, prevents poor performance. Mm-hmm. Right. So we have to make certain that we're in a place. We try to make sure that we're in a place of planning or trying to be prepared for when that day does come, mm-hmm. but we're not always p- prepared, especially if it's a sudden death. And so yeah. what Rosebud Ministries does, we come along and we strengthen and we empower and we equip women to, once they are on the side of widow, widowhood, to, to we come alongside with them and say, you still have fragrance. Mm-hmm. You still have something you can offer. There's something in you. And even if we look in the scriptures, 
Lady Althea. Some of our favorite characters, let's take a look in the Bible, were widows, mm-hmm. if you can imagine. Um, some of our favorite characters, and I, if I'm talking too much, stop me. Oh, no, you're but, good. <laughs> well, some of the, our favorite characters that we fear, or I don't like to say characters, but people mm-hmm. in the Bible actually have come through widowhood. So let me, let me just back up a little bit and tell you a little bit about widowhood. Okay. Um, as I've been doing this, the Father began to show me as women started coming to our meetings. And when we first started uh, the Rosebud Ministries, we were meeting once a quarter for about three or four years. We did that. And then when we came into 2018, the Father said, no, that's not enough. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's not enough. So we start meeting every other month. And so as the women started coming, uh, the widows would come, their daughters would bring them, their daughter-in-laws, their granddaughters. And these women would say, Elder, can I stay? I really enjoy the message. And, and so the father began to show me something. He said, now I want you to connect not only to widows, but those who've experienced loss. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Now that's a whole nother thing. Oh yeah. When we look at the word widow or widowhood, actually it's any person with an issue. It's any woman with an issue. So that would qualify all of us, right? Right. We have issues. We have losses, right? Mm-hmm. And so as, as I've gone through this, the father began to show me this, especially in 2017, when Hurricane Harvey came through Houston, Texas. Yeah. We took some losses, did we not? We did. Yes, we did. Some of us took more than others. Right. Some of us lost a lot of things. And so the father began to show me this. And even myself, thank the father. I didn't lose life. I lost a vehicle. Um, some of my family members lost other things, but we didn't lose any life. Mm-hmm. But the father began to show me this. He said, now, widow, widowing is, is not just about losing a husband. It's about sometimes the other losses. So he right. put it like this to me. He said it could be a spouse or a house. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. It could be a marriage or a carriage. Mm-hmm. Who's addressing Lady Althea? Not only marriages, what about women? Who have lost children. Yes. What about women who cannot bear children? The scripture, Isaiah 54, again, it says, single barren woman. Mm-hmm. These, that was barrenness. That's loss, right? He also said, what about um, fellowships yeah. and relationships? We take losses. Sometimes people get upset with their ministry, their pastor. They take a loss. They check. They don't want to be bothered with the church. They mm-hmm. don't want to be bothered with people at anything to do with the church. That's a loss. Yep. And sometimes these are people in positions, and maybe there was a misunderstanding. Maybe there was a failure. I don't know. But just these are losses. And mm-hmm. then even just relationships. Relationships now are suffering. Amen. Mm. And yes, and it doesn't yes. it's it's not it, it could be even a, a female female re- relationship a, a um, <clears throat> not a homosexual relationship but just relationships period right, right. right. sisters so mom right sisters yeah. aunts uncles you know people have issues within the family and so the father began to say now hone it in so you can address these other issues because many times unfortunately some of these are not addressed in our churches not all churches. I'm not putting everyone in a box, but I'm just saying some churches, some of these issues are not being addressed. And so what we've done, we've we've taken the initiative. This is what we're doing now. Uh, This 
this year and last year, we did an empowerment series, mm-hmm. Empower to, Empower to Thrive. We just did one, Empower to Prosper, Empower to Soar. Amen. Amen. Uh, empowered. We've got one coming up. Empowered for sisterhood. Empowered for the family. We need to be empowered and equipped. Mm-hmm. And so when we have our meetings now, this is what we're doing. We're equipping. We're empowering. And then the father had me birth twins in the, in the month of March. And so now we not only are we having our meetings that we meet every other month, we now go into the nursing home once okay. a month. Oh, and we also gosh, go awesome. into the sen- into the senior citizens. We have a senior citizens home that we visit once yeah. a month. Because yeah. sometimes when people aren't coming, you have to meet people where they are. Right. Right. And so this is the beauty of, and we call it that Rosebud Goes Mobile. So we took, when they aren't coming to us every other month, we go to them. We're mm-hmm. reaching out. We're reaching not only just social media. We are there. We're present. We teach lessons. We teach them about what your widowhood means. What it, uh, we just did a lesson on, they wanted to know about the widow's might. So we did a lesson on the widow's might and what it, what, who are the widows? What does it mean to be a widow? They, they want to know. And so we have some of the, our favorite people in the Bible mm-hmm. that sometimes we forget um, are widows. Now, one of the things that the Father told me to do when we started this ministry, he said, make it beautiful, make it a safe place. Mm-hmm. make it a celebratory place because you know one thing about us women we love beauty and sometimes we don't know what people are coming from you don't know what kind of environment they're coming out of when they come to these meetings and even when we take the meeting to them we make it beautiful we want it to be where people are celebrated not just tolerated right 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 so we make it celebratory we always celebrate birthdays even if we don't know you we always have gifts ready because people need to know that they are loved, mm-hmm. right? That they're accepted. And so we make it beautiful. But we, um, but the Father really does have plans for these women. He really, what pleases the Father uh, is that these women are in a place mm-hmm. and knowing that they're safe, that they are loved, that they're accepted, that they have understanding, and that we offer them hope. Amen. The scripture Amen. says, um, hope deferred, when, it's, when, cat, when you cast it away, makes the heart sick. Mm-hmm. Women, when you lose hope, what do you have, right? <laughs> so we come along and we, we give these, these women hope. And so um, widowhood, uh, you know, it represents a new season in some of these ladies' lives. You know, in season of loss, they've never gone through this. But some of our favorite women, in the Bible, some of our favorite widows, like the widow of Zarephath. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's just look at her, for instance, First Kings, the 17th chapter. She not only was a widow, she was about to lose her son, right? Yeah. So here she was in this position that, you know, the Elijah the prophet comes along and says, okay, uh, make me a cake. And she said, well, I have just enough for me and my son. And he said, well, just make <laughs> me a little. And, and, and just bring it to me. And we know the miracle that after that, she was, she was elevated. She was empowered, right? right? She became an entrepreneur because of her obedience. Now, what I love about this is that the, the widow, what was she had? Much like the woman uh, that we see in Luke, the widow's might, right? She bought what she had. She gave out of her need. Right, exactly. 
And there's another mistake I think that we make sometimes when we see people that we think that are maybe they're less fortunate, even the Messiah and even Messiah, excuse me, and even Elijah, he could have said, well, no, she's a poor widow. I don't need what she has, but it gave her an opportunity to sow into something greater. Right. Yeah, exactly. The widow's might. She sowed into something greater. She gave all that she had, but she sowed into something greater. Mm-hmm. And it got the attention of the Messiah. If we look in, in Mark, the 12th chapter, he said he was in the temple. He was, he was observing how people yeah. were giving. Yeah. And this yeah. widow, she got the attention of the Messiah, right? Right, mm-hmm. right. Because right, of her right. giving, she gave out of her, not what she had left over, right? But out of her need. Mm-hmm. But she, I believe, and we don't know because the story doesn't go any further than that. But if we just look at the widow of Zarephath, we know that she was blessed because she gave. And so we look at her. We look at Naomi. And yes, we, that's the what. That's what I was like. That those two people um, exemplify a true relationship, and and the and the the how you know Ruth was like. Is it Ruth? Or Naomi, I always got them mixed up. <laughs> Which one? Was Naomi the was the mother-in-law. Naomi yeah, was Naomi the mother-in-law. So Naomi right. was content with staying where she was, and she was like, you know, you Ruth, go ahead and go, leave me where right. I am. And then, of course, the other uh, lady that was with them, she's like, well, I'm, I'm just gonna go back mm-hmm. to my people. I'm just gonna go right. back. She did. But she went back. Ruth was went like, back. no. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to stick by you. Um, wherever you go, I'm going to go. My people are your people. That is beautiful. Right. And, and that's beautiful what it really sounds like your, your ministry is, is like in that you're reaching, you're working with women who are widows who may feel like, you know, I'm just going to deal with what I have right now. I'm, I've, you know, I've lost my loved one and I'm just going to be in this world. I'm just here. And then you all come along and it's like, no, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to stick by you. I'm going to walk with you this whole step. Yes. Away. That is beautiful. That Walking into that process. And, and when you think about Ruth, had she given up now, just think of this. She, not only she was a childless widow, she didn't yeah. even have any children. Yeah. But once yeah. she married Boaz, she became the great grandmother of King of Israel, David. Yeah. Now look how beautiful this thing is. Even in her widowhood, she was obedient to what her instruction was mm-hmm. uh, to go out. And, and so she didn't have a whole lot to offer. She offered herself. Yeah. She worked the field. She brought her mother-in-law along with her. She loved her mm-hmm. mother-in-law. The relationship, like you said, it was a rich relationship. So, again, we see widows in a different light. Sometimes we just think of widows. Each, and I think that's what the church has done. Is in some instances, kind of pushed them to the side. But just think we've got, we've got Anna. Mm-hmm. If we look in Luke, the second chapter, now the scripture says she was um, 84 years old, but she was only married for seven years. Mm-hmm. She was only married seven years, but she lived in the temple with fasting and prayer. Now, yeah. what value can a widow <laughs> in your ministry bring? If you've got someone in your ministry that's Ooh. fasting and praying and seeking the Lord on a continuous basis. Yes. Won't even go home. She lived in the temple. See the value? Yes. Once these widows are strengthened and encouraged and equipped 
We've got Anna, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we, there are other widows in the Bible uh, that that are nameless. The woman with the unjust judge, Luke 18, right? She persevered in her faith against the odds. She's got a judge that is, you know, they won't even hear her. But the father made sure that she was heard because yeah. he's a defender of the widows. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And so Amen. we see uh, the value of these women, mm-hmm. these widows. How much more uh, can the church, hallelujah, make room mm-hmm. for these? Amen. Because truly, the scripture tells us true religion, right? This is in, the, um, if we were to look in, I believe it's uh, James, yes. James 1, it says, this true and undefiled religion is this, that you take care of the widows and the orphans. Mm-hmm. So yeah. this is our duty, actually, Lady Althea, that we that we care for the widows. Um, Rosebud Ministries is just one ministry. There are probably others out there, but there are just many examples that I could go to. And you know, Yeshua, Jesus is the great equalizer. He's a he was an equal opportunity. He did not discriminate if you were a woman, if you were a widow. He just said, come alongside. So he, it wasn't just a culture of men. Uh, it, it, well, it was back then. It was a culture. You know, men were uh, in a higher uh, caste. You know, they had that system. Mm-hmm. And so, but Yeshua didn't do that. He valued women. He loved them, not in a perverted way. Remember, he'd always say, daughter, daughter, daughter of Abraham, woman, thou art loose, woman, be made whole. He never yeah. called them out of their name. Yeah. Even the woman that he caught, that he met at the woman, at, the woman at the well, <laughs> she may have been a widow. We don't know, but he said, even he, he just loved on them and put her back into a position, hallelujah, that she could yes. be whole and be yes. restored. And that's what we are looking for is the restoration. So um, you should have demonstrated that in the highest regard of women in Amen. his life and his teaching. Mm. Hallelujah. Yes, yes, yes. So what um, information can you share with our listening audience? There may be um, women that are listening to this podcast that have lost a loved one that are widows. And, and there they are at the point where it's like, I, I don't, I don't have any hope. What do I, what do I do? How do I live? How do I go forward? Amen. What, what words of, of wisdom can you share with these people? Well, I can take you to the word of the Lord. And that's, that's, that's where we're going to leave it is in with yes. the word. Again, there's over 70 scriptures about your condition as a widow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we connect with, with the word. And, and again, the one that I read was Psalm 68 and about um, a father to the fatherless. And there are just other scriptures, but he never wants to leave us in that same condition, that same place. Again, when Yeshua, Jesus would catch someone, he, he'd send them on their way, but in a better place. Mm-hmm. So you can connect through Rose, to Rosebud Ministries through our website, www.rosebudministries.org, rosebudministries.org. We're also on social media, Rosebud for Widows on Twitter, Rosebud Ministries on Facebook, and on Instagram. Um, you can also uh, go to our site. Um, excuse me, we do have um, our meetings every other month. Uh, for the month of June, it's our health month. We've been having a health fair for the last four years. Awesome. And we'll continue because health is very important. 
what we did, we took a survey and we asked the widows, what's important to you? Not mm-hmm. what's important to me, but what's important to the widows. And they said health, finances. So we bring in the financial experts. We have bankers. We have financial uh, uh, people that come in and help us. Mm-hmm. We have the police department come in and talk to us about safety. So when we have our events, it's not just a meeting and sitting around drinking tea. We come to empower, to give information, to give resources, to be a help, to network these women. So we would invite you to to connect to us um, through our website. Uh, You can always uh, write. We have our, on our website, we have, you can write in some, some widows still like to do that. I, I get letters. I get phone calls. So we, we would love to connect to other churches. We, we can come out, we could speak, uh, <clears throat> do events. We do have um, coming up again, our, our annual health fair that will be coming up the 30th of June, okay. uh, where we, could, we bring in the doctors, the nurses, the pharmacists, the medical community to be a blessing to you all, to the widows and the entire community at large, actually. So it's not no charge. We just say, come, be blessed, get the information, and prayerfully with the with this um, that they can go on with their life. You know, our tagline is "Your fragrance is required." <laughs> There's something that you can bring to the Father, even yeah. your brokenness. Right? We can do that great exchange out of Isaiah 60. He said, "Give me beauty. Give me your ashes. I'll give mm-hmm. you beauty." Mm-hmm. Bring me your your sorrow. I'll give you the oil of joy. So we can do that great exchange when yeah. we take it to the Father. And so thank you uh, for asking uh, how to connect with us. It's been a blessing. Absolutely, to be able absolutely. To speak with you all. Well, it has been a blessing and honor to have you on on the show today, and you have definitely encouraged and inspired me. Um, specifically in working with more women of that are have you know have lost um, a loved one and and widows and and even those who who have maybe lost not even just um, a, an individual but have lost um, things. Law. I mean, you just yeah. you have really yeah. educated me on the true understanding of what it means to be a widow. So. I thank you so much for being on the show today. And um, your ministry is phenomenal. It is definitely phenomenal. And I will make sure to uh, get your information out there, especially the events that um, you're going to be having in June. And um, you also have one in October. Um, You've got quite a number of them coming up this year. Every every other month, right. The one in August is Empowered to Soar. We'll be talking about that. The one in October, Empowered for Sisterhood. And the one for the final of the year is Empowered for Family. Yes. What yes. Is the, and so in this, we, all these are in the scripture. So we connect to the scripture to empower women to go out and live their best life with their, knowing that your fragrance, hallelujah, will get the attention of the master. Amen. Amen. Well, again, Elder Wright, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to share your information on your wonderful ministry. 
Well, thank you, um, Lady Althea Richardson. Blessings to you, your husband, your ministry also. It's an honor and a privilege just to, to share the information. Again, I'm, I'm grateful. You're very welcome. This is Althea with Wove Inspirations. You guys have an awesome day and God bless. Thank you so much for taking time out to listen to Wove Inspiration. If you'd like to follow us, we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at W-O-V-E Inspiration. If you want to leave a comment or question, or if you're interested in being a guest on the show, email us at woveinspiration at gmail.com. This is Althea Richardson. I hope everyone has an awesome day and keep moving forward.